This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Batter Up Podcast for the week of June the 1st and the 2nd. Willie P., Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson here with you as we try to chronicle our way towards a potential baseball season on our 98.9 The Game and Radio.com exclusive Braves podcast. A lot going on in the world. We'll try to make sense of all of it going on, especially as it pertains to baseball and our Atlanta Braves. Say hello to my friend Joe Patrick. Willie P., how's it going, man, brother? I'm well, sir. Hello, Caleb Johnson. What's up? It would be disingenuous for us to not at least start where, I guess, the city and the country are at this time with all the discussion and chatter about the social justice issues that have been going all across our country and all across social media and the things that have affected our city. It's affected the Braves community in a very big way, including a former Brave, uh, son of a former Brave, Dale Murphy's son, uh, being involved in an incident involving protests that took place. And uh, I'll start with you, Joe. This is uh, something where I know that for all three of us, sitting as people who probably can't necessarily understand the the just the the length of how this all affects people who are who are dealing with this. Sure, I think I've been doing a lot of listening as far as I'm concerned, is because I know that that from my perspective, I can't put myself in the shoes of those people, but I know that these are important issues that need to be talked about. That's a, that's kind of how I feel about it too. Like I've uh, I got to be honest, like I've lashed out at times with my displeasure with certain government officials here and there but for the most part i've tried to yeah i just want to kind of listen i want to just kind of hear hear more about you know from the people who really matter at this time and it's been upsetting to see just like not like of any one group or individual or anything but just to see such uh discordance among people and especially between police and citizens in the country, not just in Atlanta, but across the country. It's just, uh, it's not anything that I don't think anybody feels good about, but hopefully we can just use what's going on and allow us all to kind of be better people, have a better perspective of the world and just kind of carry it with us for the rest of our lives, honestly, because I don't think anybody who is really going through this at, you know, an age that we are, anybody who will remember it will ever forget it. And so I think that that's really important for us to kind of carry through. Caleb, I know that you and I were texting on Friday night when uh, when Mayor Bottoms was speaking and, and Killer Mike and T.I. were speaking and, and even Dr. Bernice King and and just the powerful messages. And I think that the, the tone that they struck was very important because 
while they denounced some of the more violent things that were going on, they acknowledged and really brought home that this is a discussion that needs to be had and there are reforms that need to be made. I think acknowledging is a is a key word there, that it's it's something that for it seems like for far too long um, those that are black haven't been being heard. They haven't been getting acknowledged that, you know, that we do have a problem in our country. And I think, you know, obviously we're on this podcast because we want to entertain. We want to bring information and have a discussion. But I'm glad that we're bringing this up kind of at the beginning of things because uh, it's one of those, like, we can't just uh, push this to the back burner and, and act like it didn't happen or it didn't affect us because, uh, um, you know, we're, we're people and there are people right now that are hurting uh, who, who need their voices heard. And, and unfortunately, some of, of those things have gone into, you know, riots and, uh, and looting and, and various things um, that, you know, all three of us would probably agree um, are, are tough to see. Um, but I guess I'm just hoping change comes from all of this. You know, we, we've had a lot uh, of discussions happening, a lot of people listening, uh, the, you know, the, the three of us being white males, uh, you know, it's been a great time for us to listen uh, mm-hmm. to those who are affected Agreed. by this. Um, but I'm just, at the end of the day, I, I hope something changes and we aren't back here in a couple of years uh, going through the same cycle. If I, sp- if I could just ahead, jump Joe. in, I, yeah, I just want to just kind of piggyback on that just really quickly. And I put this on Twitter, but like you hear lots of like, we have to's. We have to come together. We have to stop police brutality. We have to do all these things. And really what we have to do is come up with solutions. Yeah, we need actions. Solutions. We need, a- we need yeah, actions. And, we don't and, need words. We need actions. Yeah, yeah. Because so, they'll speak louder than words. So let's all hope. And I think that if we do that, we will have a better, much, much better community for everybody. A much more equitable society for us to all live in so that's what i'm hoping for yeah my father used to have a a saying that that talk is cheap uh actions always speak louder than words that's a very age-old saying and i i I really like some of the things that have been said but i I would like to see those things put forth into action i know tuki toussaint had a very eloquent thing Uh, of course the brave picture he said uh, among his comments uh he said he sat in handcuffs because a cop felt threatened because he saw two black kids in a nice car uh, this has to stop. Enough is enough. My brothers and sisters have to do better. Stop looking at the color in a man or a woman and see him for who he and she is. Feel for them. March for them. We are hurting. We are the change. And and even Dansby Swanson spoke about it. Uh, we mentioned Dale Murphy at the top. Uh, hopefully these can be harbingers of change. Editors note, while we were recording the podcast, the Atlanta Braves actually did put out a statement about the protests that we've seen surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm just going to read the statement as it was posted. They tweeted enough with an exclamation point, and then the image that they posted had this text. We have seen and heard the pain and frustration. It's not easy to come up with the right words. We have listened to our fans, our alumni, our players and coaches, our front office, our local leaders. As a team that moved into the heart of the civil rights movement in 1966, we saw firsthand our legend endure discrimination and racism as he chased the home run record. Enough. It is time for us to speak up. We will not stand for racism. The Atlanta Braves fervently stand in opposition to any and all discriminatory acts, racism, and injustice. Through our Diversity and Inclusion Council, we are committed to working with our community 
and our partners to take action and influence change together. I find I find that uh, a lot of their players are speaking out in in ways that are uh, encouraging of change, and I think that certainly is something we need to acknowledge in the positive. As far as the game goes, uh, we are still in a holding pattern. Uh, the latest news after we found out over the weekend that the owners uh, wanted uh, some sort of I guess 75 game season before the weekend that was something that was not liked by the players they have offered a 114 game season that was something that was given on Sunday that would run June 30th to October 31st uh, the latest counter proposal from the owners says 50 games to start in July uh, a lot of back and forth but at least discussion Joe is a positive thing is it not I I did not really take. Um, it, I mean, it is positive, definitely positive, definitely. It, it was it was positive, especially to hear that the owners were willing to do some kind of prorated thing, right? Which is what the the players have been saying that that's what they agreed to, and that's what they're going to um, hold Major League Baseball to and the owners to. That said, I do think that the reason why we're seeing this from the owners is just, is, is again, I think it's a ploy to try to gain the upper hand here because essentially what they're doing is we're saying, okay, you want to go by the agreement that we did? We'll go by the agreement that, that we did, and the agreement that we did allows us to just slash the number of games. So we're going to keep the bottom line pretty much the same of what's been proposed. So, and that kind of, again, it, it kind of... Um, it's like it takes the weapon out of the hands of the players and uses it against them. So I think that, you know, it, it's positive in that they they seem willing to go to this prorated um, salary structure, which I do think is what we will end up, what, what the players will end up getting. I think there will, what we'll end up getting is more than the 50 games that the owners have kind of threatened the players with, um, and I think that they will get prorated salaries, and I do think that just deferred compensation is going to play a role, whether it's with the highest paid players in the league will get paid deferred salaries over a period of time. Maybe it's more than, you know, maybe it's tiered out kind of deferred payments, kind of the way that we saw the previous proposal was. Um, I think we're kind of, we're, we're getting there. I'm not as, like, enthusiastic about the positive nature of the the latest proposal which is kind of funny considering i feel like i've been way more positive than people in general um previous to this but i do think that it's just another step in us kind of getting to where we want to be at the end of this thing i have to be completely honest i was a bit irked at uh jeff passan who went on twitter was it yesterday or the day before uh, and he was the one to be like, everybody get to Sports Center right now. Yeah. And so I was, I saw the notification, and I was thinking, all right, we have a plan. Like we're we're finally getting somewhere. And then this latest plan dropped, and it was you know for 50 games. It starts in July. There was not a lot of details given, as opposed to what we saw earlier given from the owners, the 82-game schedule, and then what the Players Association came out with on Sunday, that there would be a 114-game season. So this this latest thing that came out, the 50 games, didn't have a lot of details, which to me personally told me one thing. It's uh, a load of garbage, and it's being... What the owners are now doing is, all right, you went high, we're going to go even lower. What's going to end up happening is we'll meet back at 82 games and that's the schedule that will go out playing you'll get the prorated salary for those 82 games 
And then I would not be surprised because the players threw out this little caveat when it comes to the postseason that, you know, you can that the league can defer, I think it was like $100 million in salaries if there's no postseason, uh, that it all has to, with interest, be paid by November of 2022. I think that might end up happening postseason or not, that, that we're going to get, as Joe's been talking about on here for weeks, we're going to get deferred salaries. And since the players threw it out there, like, well, we'd be okay with it if there's no postseason, I think the compromise will be, well, you're going to get it either way. But ultimately, I think we meet back at that 82-game schedule and, you know, upper hand to the owners at this point. Yeah, I don't think that you're able to do this plan without any kind of deferred money plan. Like, that's yeah. that has that has to happen. I, I think that's the one thing, if you're looking at the the totality of the issues, is that there's going to have to be some deferred money. And I think the players believe that that's okay. The, the part of this that they don't like is that they don't like not being paid their per-game salary. And again, I, I, I think that, that a lot of the initial... Uh, statements of guys like Blake Snell and Bryce Harper and those guys kind of got lost in the fact that they said we want quote it all and it, it wasn't that they wanted their full salary it's that they wanted what they're supposed to make per game per game and I, I don't think that 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 particular stance is a bad one and I, I think that's the part of it that people have gotten lost in and said oh well you know these players are being greedy and this and that and and the owners look like uh they're trying to get the game back no the owners are trying to cover themselves the owners are trying to cover their own behinds and because of that the players have a very uh, laser focused sense of how much the owners are trying to screw them and because of that they want to make sure that the best deal is out there for them and i understand we all want to see baseball i think that's Chief among all three of us. We all want to see baseball. But I think we also don't want to see the fabric of the game changed so dramatically that all the balance of power is in the hands of the owners. Because the one thing that we have actually seen come to pass is the strength of the MLB Players Union. Totally. I, and I agree with you. I want to go back to something that you touched on there, Will, which is that, you know, the players are kind of seen as greedy greedy for wanting these prorated salaries. And I totally agree with you that it should not, like, I don't think that that's greedy per se i think that there are reasons and some maybe legitimate reasons why the owners feel like that they feasibly cannot do that they in terms of having the liquidity to be able to pay out those salaries without fans in the stadiums but i think you know i think that a prorated salary is something that the common person can definitely get on board with i mean like when you're talking about people losing jobs or losing hours in this economic hit that everybody's taken you know, my hours have been affected at 92.9 the game, but I'm still getting paid my full amount for what I'm working, right? And so, right. like, that's the thing is, like, the, the the owners are trying to have the players play less games and on top of that, like, it's like knocking down your rate on even when you are working. And right. I think that there's it's totally legit claim to be against that. And I think that, but again, I think that the owners have honest I, I some people disagree with this I think there's a lot of skepticism and I and again I do think this is why the owners need to open their books in my opinion I guess I'm kind of just going to trust the owners here a bit which maybe is naive of me but I, I do think that it stands to reason that there are legitimate reasons why they feel like this is an issue for them financially um, but I think that you know I again I think that the deferred salaries they they should be able to leverage the value of their billion dollar 
franchises to be able to pay these wages, even though they might not have the the ca- the liquid capital right there ready to do it yeah. today. Joe, you you talk about the liquidity. I I think that's one of those things is because we we can't see that information. Uh, we don't exactly know. I think it might be rather it might be rather telling for some owners if we were able to see like, oh, you don't have X amount of cash available right now. If you don't have fans in the stands, I found it interesting. There was a a, a Twitter follower that I have. Um, uh, he is nameless or, or faceless, I should say, but is hand lit thirty three. And in a statement, he tweets a lot about the Braves. And one of the things that he said that I found rather interesting is uh, we're dwelling on distractions while billionaires convince fans that profits should be privatized and losses socialized. Uh, and, and that's honestly what we've been dealing with is the owners want us all to know how much money they're going to lose every single day that they don't have fans in the stands. But at the same time, we don't know how much money they have been making, except for the Braves, who, of course, have their books open because they're a publicly traded team. So we have some sense of an idea, but we don't really know. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we heard so many discussions last week of the owners want fewer games because the more games we play, the more money they're going to lose. Uh, but at the same time, you see how much these billionaires are worth and you know their loss for one season is fractional compared to what everyone else is losing when it comes to their livelihood. Yeah, that that quote is actually uh, from Scott Boris. He I think he's ah, the one who made okay. that quote famous. And um, I do think I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I do like if you look at player salaries, player salaries have gone up over time. That's the natural sure. economic hand of the market, right? Um, but it is it is correct in that. The, the gains and losses, I guess, um, happen much quicker on the owner side. Like they get all like when the, the when the value of the club rises, like their 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 overall value goes up instantly. And like with players' salaries, that happens over like an era. You know that happens gradually over time. We've we've gradually seen these salaries go up. And so I I'm, I'm not trying to say that the the claim. I, I think it's legitimate gripe, but. Uh, it's just an interesting dynamic. It just, I think, it kind of underscores the interesting economic dynamic that both of these two sides are facing, and they're not the same. You know, like they're kind of on different, they're on kind of different paths here. But wouldn't you guys also agree that because of the way things have gone over the last couple of years, especially the last couple of off seasons with where free agency has been, is that you know, and we talked about this a little bit either last week or a couple of weeks ago, the the change in the way that teams operated in free agency because of the fact that they used to give almost kind of lifetime achievement award type contracts. Albert Pujols is the first name that comes to mind for me of a guy who basically made his money based on what he had done in St. Louis, not necessarily what he was going to do in Anaheim. And you're seeing a lot less of those deals and more about the deals that exist for what you're actually going to expect from a guy, which is part of the reason why I think a lot of Braves fans wanted Josh Donaldson back because of what happened this year. And the Braves were very reticent because they didn't really know what to expect beyond this year, and especially on the back end of that deal. And they were reticent to make the kind of deal that the Twins ended up making. And so I think that because of the the push from owners to, to have less of those type of deals and then maybe put 
whether it's it's artificial or whether it's actually governed by something like the luxury tax, they've wanted a cap on player salaries for a very, very long time because they're getting to a point where, you know, they don't want to see it go to, to $500 million or $450 million. Like th- those numbers are not, uh, they can't be met by, by baseball owners. At least it, that's their contention. Yeah, I mean, again, going back to kind of the economics <clears throat> that behind this whole situation, I think that's something you're definitely going to see, which is that the, the $10 million contract for one year, the Cole Hamels deal, the, 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 the $17 million, $18 million for one year at the end of his career, you're going to see those contracts go, either go away completely in a lot of instances or just, you know, be very much diminished, like in terms of the value of those contracts that a veteran player might get at the end of his career. And, you know, that's just something that's going to happen over, because of the larger economic force. It's something that the owners and, and teams can control where it's like, OK, if we don't have to take on this cost, we're going to try to be cutting costs at every <laughs> at every point we have if it's not you know going to make us substantially better on the field so i think that that's something that it's going to be tough it's ha- it's going to happen all over the place i think probably less so you're not going to see it as much in the nfl the nfl is so insulated by their massive tv deal and the fact that they already kind of have their um their their revenues are kind of in place um yeah they're not regional yeah, yeah. But I think like it's going to happen in soccer, which we've talked about on this show. It's going to happen in baseball where it's more of a free market, and that free market is actually going to create uh, some negative economic impacts for the players. A- aside from just the CBA, you know, like down the line, I think we're going to continue to see some negative impacts. We always look at when we come to a collective bargaining agreement a deadline if, if there's a deadline whether it's soft whether it's hard uh they're dealing with more of a soft deadline uh, i know that we had talked about maybe the end of this week's being that kind of deadline because of that july 4th date kind of looming in the future are, are we approaching that or, or do you think that they have a little bit more time here no we're definitely operating on a on a fixed timeline or or you know like it's coming to a close because, and like, like I've you been reverse I've been, engineer it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like like I've been saying, if we don't have baseball by July fourth, I think there will be big issues because it seems like both sides have kind of focused on this end of June, early July timetable, which is how you, like, that's the only way you have enough time to play all of these games in order to get you to you know the end of October where you're you're playing in the playoffs um, otherwise you're pushing it too far close to you know November and December where not only are there other sports but there's obviously just the the elements that Major League Baseball has to deal with um, that you you've got to get this done now we you know we need baseball as soon as possible uh, so that we can fit in all these games. It is why it's one of the biggest things that was discussed in that 114-game season was the idea of do we really have enough time to get all the games in? Uh, if you know you either were going to have to play a couple of double headers a week, or you know all kinds of different things you'd have to do to fit around to in order to get this season going. Uh, that obviously the further that we get, the harder it's going to be. That's why. I, I think everyone's just dead set on uh, this beginning of July 
is when we have to be playing baseball, not in spring training. And so and if we're going to have the two weeks to get there, all right, well, you start looking at your calendar and realizing that time is now. What has a better chance of happening? The players getting uh, the prorated salaries for the time that they feel is appropriate or owners getting the constrained amount of games in their mind in order to minimize their losses? What has a greater chance of happening? Uh, whew, that's a tough question because I think both will happen. Like, I, well... <clears throat> I don't know if we'll get 82 games. Um, I think that we're going to have... I guess if I'm going to say what's, what is a better chance of happening, I think that the players will get their prorated contracts on and defer. Some of them are going to be deferred, but I'll just say that to answer your question. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think we'll end up getting... Uh, I'm with Joe that we're going to get payment deferrals, but also one thing that the Players Association was fighting for was this idea that players were going to get a salary advance. And so I think that could work in in the in the idea that players will get a salary advance before they head off to spring training, kind of a good faith gesture, and at the same time will give up money in their contract to deferral payments that will be paid down the line. Uh, you know, obviously the, the idea that the player association association had was by november of 2022 but just paying those things off later but getting that good you know that that sign of goodwill by getting some a little bit before as they head into spring training can we talk i mean, I don't want to if you were going to take us to another topic will feel free but mm-hmm. i would like to discuss at some point in this show the prospect of a 50 game season that um that is oh, you know that made the news oh, i there are very diverging why? opinions on this i think it would be awesome i think it would be so cool every every, every game would carry the weight of a three game series or actually a, a tiny bit more you sound like now, a football could, fan <laughs> like that's every every friend of mine no, he sounds like he sounds like an NCAA tournament fan is here's what the he, thing he here's the like. thing though like this season is going to be so different anyway Go full different. Go full crazy. Just let, <laughs> I'm all about. I'm all about the in all these sports. I'm all about the do a freaking group stage knockout for your playoff yeah. instead of your traditional way. Do whatever because I am totally about doing stuff that's interesting and different and seeing what we can carry forward. Not not that I would ever say the season should be shortened like that, but um, See, I just think it, it'd be fun to watch. If Joe's going completely wacky and crazy and let's try whatever, I guess I'm more moderate in that. I want anything that Major League Baseball would like to try and implement in the future. By all Robot means, ups. by all means, try it this season. But if there is anything that you're going to do this season that you have no intentions of doing in the future, absolutely do not try it because then that that absolutely does dilute the game and it messes with things and the asterisk that's already going to be somewhat attached to the season that of course will be forgotten later on would grow and people would carry that narrative well do you remember how they tried x y and z and and it you know completely messed with the game you know it's one of those like it's like uh coke you know when coke tried to do new coke the new coke yeah and and we absolutely (laughs) remember how bad new coke was and now very bad yeah and now every coke has to say classic coke because we have to be reminded this is the real thing this is the actual thing so this is it yeah so so 
I'm with robot umpires. You know, any any means that you plan to use in the future to shorten the game. Shoot, I remember it was like week one or two of this podcast. I talked about I'm for seven innings because I guess I've become. We laughed at you. We laughed too far. That's a bridge too far. We laughed at you for that one. Look, I don't care. You you know what it is? It's it's becoming more in love with the game of soccer and how it's a 90 minute game and I get in, I enjoy it, I get out, I can go do other things that night. I'm not completely stuck at the ballpark ruining my next day because the game went into extra innings, blah, 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 blah. Kind the only of way you know, my next day is being uh, ruined is because of the hangover that ensues from drinking well, beer look, past the hey, seventh inning. I've been a Braves fan long enough that I remember being at plenty of games where I stuck it out in extra innings and went home disappointed because of a loss. And so, you know, I'm just, if we, if we can meet somewhere in the middle, <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm, being, I'm, 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 I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek here. I want the players, honestly, I, I, I do want the players to just be able to play as many games as they can and, and, sure. and make as yeah. much money as they can. But I, want the, I, I, uh, but I do think it would just be really cool. I, I want the the late inning or the, the extra inning, like put the player on second base, international softball rule type rule. That's the one I want. If, if really? we're gonna, See, I if, we, if we're talking, if we're talking about, if we're talking about radical, stupid stuff that we want to have put in the game, no. that's the one that I want. No, see, I, 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 can, I do not want twenty inning games where pitchers get used up and things of that nature. Let's get, get me a result. Dang it. Yeah, we have shootouts get, in hockey. We have shootouts in hockey. We have stupid overtime in football now. Home I'm, run I'm derby. All for that. Home run derby. No, don't, that's, no, that's, no, don't that's be dumb. cheap. That's, no, that's the dumb. the whole putting a runner on second, that's cheap. That's giving somebody something that they didn't earn. You do a home run derby in extras, hey, look, there's nothing given. It's all earned. You put the ball over the fence, you you get a point, and then we can end this thing a lot quicker and go home much more satisfied. And also, you're not taking any money away. That I guess my biggest thing is I'm not for taking money away from players. If you shorten the season to 50 games, for instance, then obviously uh, players aren't getting as much money and owners aren't getting as much money to sell tickets for a number of games. So number of games are never going to diminish. So shorten the game a little bit, players still getting paid the same amount of money, owners still making money, but we're not stuck at the ballpark for so long. Runner on second, except the runner has to be the manager. <laughs> Can you imagine Brian Snicker trying to leg out, leg it out from second yeah, to home? He would do it, too. He would do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he would. Just bust it. Wow, thank you for putting that mental image in my head and those that are listening. I was about to Did say, he's going to rip his pants. What was the picture that the Braves put out recently of Brian Snicker? Oh, it was that meme Oh, the that Hawaiian like, shirt. <laughs> That was like was their the, second to last tweet that they've had. By the like, way, how do they I get my how do I get my man to look like this or whatever it was? <laughs> Imagine your man looking like this or something like that. Well, gentlemen, this has always has been fun. Uh, we will, uh, like we said before, and I guess we've saying, if there's any particular firm plan in place that comes to pass uh, before the next time we are scheduled to record, we will come emergency back. Emergency pod. Give us an emergency pod. Uh, you can follow us uh, at Willie P Style at ATL Johnson eighteen at J.A. Patrick 200. Yes, yeah, it's, it's such a bad Twitter handle. And if I could say one more thing. Tweet, a, if, if, tweet us any questions. If you ever want to talk about something on the show or you want us to talk about something on the show, tweet at us. You know, Let us know. At 92.9 The Game, you can also do. Um, or do we have an email? 
We don't. No, we don't. No, just, we don't. Just reach out to one of us. Yeah. As I say, if, we are we you, are very much, I think we all have open DMs, too. So hey, like, how about this? How about this? If you really, if you want to be on the show, we will literally, I will put your voice on the show. Send us a video. You don't even have to have your face on it. Just, like, put your thumb over the camera or whatever. Just Uncle record, Brian, we're re- talking to you. Record. <laughs> wow. And, and, and record your voice. Ask us a question or something and say whatever you want. Use it like a voicemail box and I'll uh, stick it in the show. And most importantly, subscribe at Radio.com on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. For Caleb Johnson and Joe Patrick, I'm Willie P. Will Pelagic saying so long and thanks for listening once again to Batter Up, a Radio.com and 92.9 The Game exclusive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.